Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. So my message today is going to be a little bit unorthodox. I, the Lord just laid something really heavy, and last minute, like just on Friday, changed everything that I was wanted to share. And I believe some this word is for somebody here, and uh, it's an unusual style because I'm going to go through a whole chapter, and hopefully you'll have enough time. But I just ask you to buckle up, get ready to get in the word, get more meat on the bone. <laughs> so bless you, Lord. We just thank you for this word. Now speak to us. Amen. All right, Acts chapter 12, verse 1. So I'm going to talk about Peter's escape from prison, and we're just going to go step by step. And some of the things that the Lord had laid on my heart. So it's not going to be your usual sermon. It has point A, point B. We're just going to go through the story together. And I believe the Lord will speak just through that. Oftentimes we'll read scripture over and over again. It's like, oh, I've been here. I already know this story. But then the, we read it again and we're like, wow, this really reflects in my spirit. And so Acts chapter 12, verse 1. It was about, that, uh, about this time the king Herod arrested some of who belonged to the church intending to prose- uh, persecute them. And yet, God's purpose will always overrule people's intentions. Amen? No matter what people do to you or conspire against you, all of it is working for the purpose of God, who is greater than any person. Amen? So if God is for me, who can be against me? Verse 2, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews... He was like, hey, good political move. He proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out of the public, uh, bring him out for a public trial after the Passover. So we got a showdown, right? Between Herod's prison and church's prayers. Herod's intentions. Versus God's purpose. Verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. You know, and when they were praying, I bet they they weren't those quiet prayers, right? They were praying without ceasing. Um, It means even though it hurt, they prayed. Even though they were disappointed, they prayed. And they had no clue if it was working or not. Literally, just like, we're just going to keep praying. We're just going to keep believing. You know, it's kind of like the same prayer that Jesus prayed in, you know, in the garden. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And this is book of Acts. And it's amazing because now, you know, we're beginning to see the birth of Christianity. But um, Matthew 7, 7, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. That's the title of my message. Knock, knock. Turn to your neighbor and say, who's there? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I can tell you by which of my kids approach the door, by just simply by the way they knock on the door. Um, I have Alita who, you know, is very polite. It's a, it's a gentle knock, and she'll say, Mama, Papa, are you busy? And <laughs> Ryan just bangs the door. If the door is locked, he's just like, boom, boom, boom. He's like, he knocks different. And if the door is, op- uh, if the door is not locked, he'll just storm in. So he doesn't even care how we respond. But as a parent, you learn to um, identify who's at the door simply by the, you know, by the knock. So, and uh, living in a relationship with God, 
you learn to discern when it's him knocking on your door of your heart. And if you don't discern, if we don't discern, we will open the door to people to, who don't have the best intentions in mind. So it's very important to understand that. And if God lives in your heart, you know, and over time you learn to discern or learn when the Lord is speaking to you, when he's knocking on the door. And um, let me tell you this. God doesn't knock on the door with a sledgehammer. It's like, boom, yeah, you got to go do this. I've, I've been one time to a church in the south, and it's like one guy was like, man, uh, presence of God was strong. I felt like God was kicking my butt. Like, you know, God doesn't do that because the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to us, he knocks. And with time, as we walk with the Lord more, we start to identify when the Lord is speaking to us, all right? And he speaks out to us in different contexts. A lot of times it's in the form of relationship, people that love us and care for us. But anyways, but I also learned that initially what I thought was the devil knocking on the door to attack me was actually God knocking on my door to develop me. And often what looks like trouble in our eyes is actually training that God is wanting to do for us. Teach us to trust him more. And I've learned on more and more over the course of this year, and just as my relationship has grown in Christ, he uses all things for his purpose. And um, often we don't like what is standing at the door of our life. It's true. And it's difficult to be jolly or happy when you don't know how this is going to turn out. You know, how the outcome will be when somebody's like, hey, let's be friends. And you're thinking, I don't know, do I trust you or not? And with any situation, it's, it's difficult because you don't know the outcome, all right? Because we can take on a journey where, do I do this, Lord? But I don't know how it's going to end. And then only later we observe, you know, what enemy meant for, you know, for evil, God intended it for good. So... This enables us to live by faith and not by sight. Amen? All right. So, uh, and not all things that God prepares for us look easy at first. Now, I want you to know that, like I said, this is an unusual message because there's going to be a lot of lines, things that have been just, Lord, laid on my heart. And I truly believe God is working, uh, moving us in this season where our, the we called it the power of your testimony for this year, right? See what God can do through your story. See what God can do through you. And I believe this is just a perfect word for this time. Um, and not all things that God prepares for us look easy at first. Let me just say that. At first it seems like impossible. But one key ingredient when it comes to fulfilling God's purpose, and I'm going to get to it a little bit later as well, but it's obedience. God didn't uh, build the boat for Noah. You know, we, we understand that, right? God gave him a plan. God gave him resources. And most importantly, on Noah's behalf, it required obedience because, I mean, it took him 120 years, scholars are suggesting. It's around 120 years to build that ark. And so, obviously, people were laughing at him and mocking him. Oh, conspiracy theorists. No, 120 years. Later, who was laughing at the, at the door when the Lord shouted? It was probably Noah. I bet Noah just had more compassion, though. He wasn't laughing. Um, it was probably me, my personal anger towards people probably, you know, if I wasn't developed fully in Christ. But um, what amazing is that God still gave opportunity to people, even last second, last minute. Like, isn't that amazing, right? They were laughing for all these years. And then finally, when rain started come down, coming down, when things got real, the door, a door was shut by God himself. Isn't that amazing? But until last very minute, God gives opportunities absolutely to everyone. 
So I want to encourage you, don't write people off until last very minute. If you're not dead, God's not done. If they're not dead, God's not done with them either. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyways, and then we have like Joseph, right? I've mentioned that last week. Um, saw dreams when he was a kid, but it wasn't until he was age of 30 when things started coming to life. And he becomes uh, ruler of Egypt. But his path took him through lots of trouble. And one thing that I noticed, though, he was very obedient to the Lord. If you pay attention, the key ingredient in his faith is obedience. When the Lord was telling him to do something, he did. And obviously, it wasn't like supernatural voice speaking to him all the time. Notice that, right? Uh, it wasn't like Moses, God was talking to Moses. God spoke to Joseph directly, I believe, through his thoughts. But that's how God speaks to us. Through his words, through his thoughts, through context of relationships. And then um, that's why when you pray, you know, oftentimes when we pray for an opportunity, don't be surprised to find opposition. Because the moment you start serving the Lord, the moment you start to take this Christianity thing seriously, I can guarantee you will feel uh, opposition. We know that. The moment you make a decision like, hey, Lord, I'm going to start reading Bible this week. Or, Lord, this week I'm going to go on a date with my wife. We're going to talk about how to, you know, develop our relationship even better. Something will get in the way. Because he's a thief, right? He comes around. The word get, Lord gives you a word. Plants a seed. And... That was like a seed snatcher. We talked about a few weeks back, right? How the seeds, God has given us so much seeds, that's important that we plant them. Don't let devil steal them. Have you ever prayed for patience? Have you? What? what? That's a dumb idea, right? Because you know what God's going to do the first thing you pray for patience? Trouble. <laughs> it's true. God is going to send something that will get on my nerves so bad. You know, God is going to send a car with a Christian bumper sticker in front of me that's just driving so slow on somewhere where it's like, <laughs> you know, I actually have a story. One time I invited a, a fellow, a, a friend of mine, um, and so anyways, I'm going to church. I'm driving, and there's worship practice, and I don't know how long it's been, maybe a couple of years ago, um, and I'm driving by myself. That's a key note to understand. You'll understand why in a second. I'm driving, and in this car... It's just slow, and it's driving 30 miles on Palmer Wasilla Highway. Come on. Like, everybody would say, come on, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm running late. I'm, and, uh, but, you know, prior to that, I'm worshiping. I'm like, I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Boom. Car, <laughs> slow car in the front. And I'm just, I feel like I was losing 15% of my anointing per minute. You know? Literally, I was just like going great, and then, fuck, move over, slow down, are you turning? And it would slow down, turn on the blinker, nope. And I just got so mad, and I finally passed him and slowed down to teach him a lesson, you know. I, I'm going to talk about my human aspects, too. <laughs> I'm not perfect, far from perfect. And then, um, anyways, and I got to church and got to, went inside. And then later that Sunday, I look, and I'm like, oh, my friend came to church. Little that I know that I was him driving. I actually didn't know what car he was driving. He had tinted windows. When I was passing him, I didn't see it. It was my friend. He's like, can you believe this jerk? It was just like, I was trying to look for a church where to turn right. And this guy was just like, you know, past me. And, and I just stood there. I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Forgive me, Father. I have not, I don't know what I just done. But um, 
Anyways, uh, the reason I, it was because I was by myself. Uh, you know, if I was with my wife, she would have never allowed me to do that. I would have just prayed patiently. <laughs> Didn't Sid and Adam get into road rage one time? Like, but literally they realized they were going to the same church. Was there a story like that? I'm pretty sure one time, I don't know if they knew each other. I thought that was funny. And then they ended up going to the same church. I love it. So anyways, we might not like the package that our prayer request shows up at our door, you know, when it comes to knocking on the door. But no matter what the delivery system, you can gar- I can guarantee you that God is handling it. Amen? Because he is sovereign. He turns every situation around. So early church is experiencing this persecution, and they're also facing famine. If you want to see the details on that, it's uh, verse 11. But they had, to tr- uh, they had to trust God for their very provision, just everyday things. And so here starts throwing their, you know, their disciples in prisons. Obviously, it's popular, uh, good for his campaign. And James is uh, one of three that went up to the mountain of transfiguration, right, uh, with Jesus. James, John, and Peter, we know about that. And James is now dead because Herod killed him, right? He got his head cut off. Um, And now they got Peter too. Peter is the guy that Jesus said, I'm going to build a church on you. Upon this rock, I will build my church, right? Well, that defeats the purpose. Like, Lord, how's that going to turn around? We're starting the church, like beginning. But see, the thing is, I realized it revealed to me yesterday that devil goes for the head, you know, Peter was the, the, the rock that the church was going to be built on. But devil also always goes for the head. He always tries to knock out the leader, you know. And so that's what's happening. Kingdom of God is spreading, advancing, but there's so much opposition because obviously good things are happening. And the thing is when purpose is being fulfilled, opposition naturally comes with it. And uh, when I open the door and I see a challenge in my life, now I perceive it a little bit different. Now I understand that, Lord, this might be an opportunity, maybe God, um, to teach me a lesson, you know, to teach me to trust him in the difficult times. So it's kind of hard to say amen to that. I understand. Because um, we want God to knock on the door, you know, and put a fruit basket by the door uh, or flower bouquet. It, that's the kind of idea we want. Um, but kind of hard to know that it's God knocking unless you walk with him for a while. You start recognizing his voice. And that's where we've had this theme where we've been talking about. It's important to read the word of God. It's important to know that nobody will mislead you. Because if you're only relying on what is being preached from here, uh, you know, I might say something ridiculous. You know, I'll say Michael Bizzle chapter 3 verse 7. You know, if you're not reading scripture, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I haven't read that book. I haven't heard of that book. So it's very important to we, we get in the word ourselves. Amen. All right. So, everybody's still awake? Yeah. Amen. All right. So, and the church is praying for Peter. I'm going to highlight a little bit for the sake of time. And they're still, like, devastated about what just happened to James. James just got his head cut off. And um, because it says he was put to death. All right. And church is knocking on the door. Heaven, you know, of heaven asking God to do something. It's like, God, come on. Come through. And Peter's in prison while the church is praying. They don't know how he's doing. He doesn't know how the church is doing. Um, And the thing is, sometimes you have to pray by faith without knowing the result. You have to pray through it. You're just like, Lord, I have no clue. I don't like the situation, but I'm going to just trust you that you're going to bring me through this. And the cool thing is that the Lord spoke to me the other day. It's like the proof that your prayers are working is when opposition increases. So next time when you see like things are getting more difficult, 
Know that you're in the right territory. God is speaking to you. Amen? Amen. So if the devil showed up, he must be protecting his territory. You're, you're starting to win some souls for Christ, perhaps. So, and the church is praying. Peter's hours away from his trial. And it, if it turns out the same way for Peter as it did for James, you know, this might be his last night on the planet. And uh, it's that kind of pressure. So I want us to understand. This is the kind of pressure that Peter is in. Let's check on him. Let's see what he's doing on our next camera. On the eve of probable execution, all right? Verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping? Sleeping. <laughs> that can't be what the verse says, right? How are you going to sleep when your life is on the line? This could be your last night, right? The night before Herod was to bring, him, bring Peter to trial, was he pacing, praying, crying? How can you sleep in a time like this? I put myself in there. I'm like, that's impossible. That really got me. I'm like, sleeping before potential death. And I'm thinking, I'm like, there's not enough Lunesta or <laughs> in the pharmacy that would be able to help me, <laughs> that help me asleep before possibly going to, you know, what I'm going to die. Especially what just happened to James. Especially what just happened. It amazes me that the church is still praying. And Peter is sleeping between two soldiers. How about that? Have you ever had to sleep in between? I don't know how, you know, you're thinking like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I have no, I have no idea how my court's going to go tomorrow or whatever. And you have to sleep in between. Um, and you're thinking, I don't know how if this situation is going to get better or what's get, what the doctor will say next time I go see him. Or you do a scan and result. And you're like thinking, I have to sleep through this. Sleeping in between. I remember a, a story one time when we were, uh, when Larissa was pregnant with our third uh, child, and we did not know. Doctor said, we saw some spots on the brain area, and we're like, we don't know. And we were supposed to go to Washington. And that morning, she had a special appointment in Anchorage that they could look specifically in your know, child's brain because they're kind of saying, like, your child not, not fully be developed. And, and I remember the weight of feeling that and going to bed with that. And then, for some reason, well, you know, Larissa didn't set her alarm. We missed the appointment. And we have to fly out that same evening and go into Washington. And I'm like, Lord, what are we going to do? You know, but I had this peace. I was like, God, you must, you must know what you're doing. There's a reason. Larissa never misses setting up her alarm. And, um, and we went to Washington not knowing that. Can you believe while we're there? And Larissa's thinking, maybe we should go to the doctor over here somewhere. And we didn't know until we came back here and later on, but anyways, you all know how Mika turned out. She's like a little angel, a fully developed child that is just healthy and everything like that. But that was, we had to sleep with that thought of just not knowing. And sometimes God will allow that for us to not know certain things and says, just, just trust me. This was really the testing of our faith. So, you know, and here we, here we have Peter who's sleeping between. He comes a long way, you know. Because um, remember back in the day, Peter was arguing arguing with Jesus, telling him like, hey, Jesus, you shouldn't go to the cross. It's probably a bad idea. You know, he's trying to tell the Son of God a plan for Jesus. It's, it, it's amazing. But now, here it is, right? Now it's Peter. Um, and I'm thinking, he came a long way. Because what allowed him to sleep? 
and with, like the night before his probable execution, between two soldiers, greatest trial of his life, he was sleeping. What did he know that enabled him to sleep? Uh, he wasn't sleeping because maybe because he wasn't sleeping because of something he knew with his senses. Because our senses can be really deceiving. I mean, if, if we would have went according to senses right there, I'm like, you're sitting in prison. You're probably going to die tomorrow. Um, but maybe because there's something that he saw in his spirit. Maybe what he saw in his spirit was a reflection of his experience when he was with Jesus. Because remember one time Jesus said, hey, we're going to go to the other side, right? And in between, the storm hit. And all, when all disciples, what were they doing? They were screaming. They were straining. They're like, God, you know, please help us. And it's like, where's Jesus? And they come back and Jesus is like sleeping in the back. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Peter and the disciples must have learned something. And that is so amazing. Because the thing is, while the disciples were straining, Jesus was sleeping. I'm thinking, that's kind of impossible to do with our earthly understanding of things, Lord. But I'm thinking maybe Peter found out something. He's like, hey, I'm going to die tomorrow. What's the point at this point? You know, so I'm just going to go sleep in between. I'm just going to trust God. And I think that God is telling us today, you know, I can do more while you're sleeping than you do when you're straining. Because a lot of times we'll just strain and we'll think and we're like, I'm just getting more gray hairs. It's really not helping me with anything else. I'm just working myself up. But it's such a beautiful picture that he would, he would sleep and trust God. He's sleeping between these soldiers. And when Herod comes knocking, Peter's faith answers the door. I've, never, I've read that story so many times. And I'm like, Lord, this is amazing. So knock, knock. Peter, they're coming after you. They're coming. But he learned something, right? Earlier I mentioned obedience. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. We all want our opportunities to come our way. But opportunities don't show up looking like opportunities oftentimes. They show up in the form of obedience. And I'll explain how. Every Christian says, no, I want to defeat my Goliath. Like, I want to defeat my giants. All the things that I'm facing, right? But Gol Goliath didn't come knocking on David's door, right? Who, who came? It was his dad. Like, it wasn't Goliath. Like, hey, David, if you kill me today, you know, you might become a king of Israel and change your status and wealth. No. It was dad. He's like, hey, come take this bread to your brothers. Obedience. Because when opportunity comes, it often looks like obedience, all right? And it doesn't look something big. It doesn't look like something extraordinary. When God's starting to do a lot of big things in our life, uh, or perhaps God is moving us into some business or to start to step in with faith into doing something that Lord has laid on your heart a while back. Um, it looks small. It looks tiny. It doesn't look that big. Now, now Peter's about to get a big miracle, all right? And, but I want us to notice how he gets it. Obviously, spoiler alert, you know, he's about to get out of jail. He's not going to die because God's purpose is not completed for him. For the longest time, I was scared to fly airplanes. Well, I loved airplanes. And then I started watching air crash investigations. And I'm like, well, that was a bad idea. And for some reason, I would always watch them before I would fly on a trip. Then, <laughs> anyways, but then I realized, like, God, you know, you've prophesied it over me. 
I'm not dead. God's not done. That means God has a purpose for me. I'm not going to be afraid of flying anymore from there on out. I said it like Kevin said it in Home Alone. I like to say that. I'm not afraid anymore. I literally, I would get on the airplane and I would be sleeping. And the airplane is shaking and hard and everything like that. And I would always remember looking to Alita and saying, Alita, it's just a little bumpy. And from there on out, she learned that pretty quick because kids pick up stuff really quick. And one time we're flying together and the plane is shaking so hard. And Alita's like, ha, a little bumpy. But literally, they were like slamming. I mean... It even kind of smelled in the airplane. I think people were really scared. <laughs> really, I promise. It was intense. Um, but, you know, because we have to understand, Peter is invincible at this point, right? Because God's purpose for him is not completed yet. God is just starting. But he doesn't know that yet. And as far as he knows, it's over, right? Verse 7. And here's where we got, like, God, in, you know, interrupting his sleep. What do they call it? REM cycle. Deep sleep. <laughs> Peter's in very deep sleep. We know that. That's true because it says right there. All right. The Bible is fun to read. You know, I want us to read it in between Sundays. It's, it's really good without me preaching here about it. Verse 7. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. And notice the angel didn't knock, right? He just came in. And the light shone in cell. It struck Peter on the side and woke him up. So it really, I mean, it had to strike him on the side. I mean, Peter was really in a deep sleep. And... And the angel said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Okay, we, I'll leave that verse here for a little bit. I want to show you something. Um, it says, quick, get up. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Now, the, the natural sequence of our human understanding would be the chains fell off Peter's wrist, so he got up, right? That makes sense. But it says, get up. And when he got up up the chains fell off his wrist yes i might be looking too deep into this but the lord spoke to me something through this you see it because obedience comes before freedom so obedience listening god like do this right now it doesn't make sense to you remember uh, a few weeks back we were also talking about um samson and when god was speaking to samson's parents they're like what is the plan for him what are we going to do they're like just don't drink any alcohol and don't eat touch anything unclean that's all you need to know right now because God gives us simple instructions. God doesn't like to overcomplicate. We like to. We, we think it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's going to be point A, point B, C, subcategory A, B. We immediately just create our own categories. But you've got to answer the knock on the door, even if you're not sure what the end result might be. I said that in the beginning. And the thing is, you've got to be kind to people, even if you're, if you're not sure if they're going to do anything nice in return. That's the kind of attitude we're talking about remember you don't need to know how you don't need to know you just need to sow continuing to sow in people's life so it's obedience that creates freedom freedom from what freedom from needing to know the outcome and that is the human thing we always need to know how this is going to end how this is going to happen before we take a first step of faith um but peter learned you know earlier on also when he was around jesus remember he had to step out of the boat to trust God. He was walking on water. That's St. Peter. I love Peter, man. So much like us, like, and then, then the Gethsemane, like, you know, he cuts off a guy's ear. He just gets rallied up. He, he's a lot like us, human. Uncontrolled emotions. <laughs> but I love that. God, who God chooses. The other day, Pastor Mark was talking about, like, who, who David was building an army around. 
people that you would have never expect. You know, people that are just like, what? That's the kind of people God builds on. It gives us hope because we got so many things we got to work on. And I'm like, God's saying, I like you. That's amazing. And the thing is, and if you don't do what God has told you to do, like when he knocks on the door, God won't do things for your, um, God won't do what you can't do for yourself. There are certain things that we have to do on our behalf. Amen. So he's like, hey, you can do this. Do this. Because sometimes, you know, people say, like, when I get my financial situation in order, I will start tithing because from the first fruits of the labor, I will bring it on to the Lord. And they're quoting scripture. No, you're not. No, not if you're faithful and little. And that was a big lesson to me. Because when I started, I was like, I could barely make anything in this check. I'm just having enough to pay off my credit card. But I was like, nope, I'm going to just trust the laws of God. I'm going to say, doesn't matter how much I'm in debt. I'm coming out of my check, any dividend, Lord, I'm going to just trust you. I started doing that. I don't even understand how I got out of credit card debt. My pay didn't increase. I, in fact, I thought I was working less hours. But I just started trusting God with a little, right? Luke 16.10, I think I have it. Next one, 16.10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So, um... That was just a little plug. Sorry, side, side distraction. All right, let's get back. So there's no indication in the text where, you know, Peter had faith that he's actually going to get out of the prison. All he's doing is just going through the motions. And sometimes it's all you can do. You're just like, hey, I'm in this. It's like a drive through Like you ever get in the drive through and you're just like, oh, man, I should have. Because the line is taking forever, but it's too late. You're already in the drive through You can't pull out to the side. You're just stuck. Uh, you just gotta, you gotta just go through the motion until you get your order in. But um, sometimes all you can do is just come to church when you don't feel like coming to church. It's like I don't feel like it. I'm just so burdened. I'm tired. Yeah. What's the phrase they say? Fake it, fa faith it until you make it. I say we start saying faith it until you make it. You like that? Let's do that. Let's be a new. That should be quotable right there. Put it on the wall. Faith it until you make it. All right. Now, I know that I probably wouldn't have gotten that miracle if I was in Acts chapter 12. And the reason why, because I kind of, I'm the kind of person that always needs notes. And I need to know the instructions. Um, until I know the details, I'm not going to follow instructions. That's the true thing. Um, I'd be like, if the angel said like, hey, get up. I'd be like, why? Who are you? Is these are my identification. What's the plan? You know? Um, no, you just got to stand up, listen, and obey. Simple thing. Um, but interesting point of this text, another little side note, but uh, when you are in a place of rest, notice this, right? You're able to respond quicker without overthinking it. It's very important that we find our rest in, in the Lord. And when we often surround ourselves with the right people, right atmosphere, presence of God, or listening to worship music, God actually helps us to, it's easier to identify God's voice. Because everybody knows we're bombarded with thoughts like every day, right? We often overthink when it comes to God and his purpose. You know, when we're worshiping like, I'm going to see a victory. And then some people are like, I can't sing that. I don't know. I don't know the result. I don't know if I really am. I don't know if I'm going to see a victory. Faith it until you make it, right? <laughs> you need to start singing it in order to start seeing it. Faith comes from hearing, amen? So I, I know there's a lot of challenges, guys. I'm throwing that out there. But I feel like there's just the Lord gave me this over packed lunch and I have to share it with you. <laughs> so, 
Faith is things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. All right? Quick, get up. And the chains fell off. Acts 12, 8. Right? Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Notice the angel still hasn't told him his destination, right? <laughs> but faith is getting dressed even though you don't know where you're going. And Peter did so. He got dressed, you know, with no destination. Is this God? I hope so. Maybe. No details. Just obedience. Knock, knock. Hey, Peter, get dressed. Right? And you know how God knocks, you know, through little things. I was just mentioned. It's the little things. So it seems very small. And I'm thinking, like, I, I wouldn't mind getting out of there in my underwear if we're getting out of the prison. Like, it makes sense, right? But he's like, no, get up, put on your clothes and things like that. All right, I'm doing it. I would have said, like, why, why are we getting dressed? Let's, let's roll. But he's like, wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told them. And what I love that we're talking about Peter came a long way. We're just highlighting Peter today, right? But notice Peter didn't ask where we were going, all right? He just followed, just following grace cooperating with God in the season that we're in. And you can put yourself in here if you want. We're coming to agreement of the season that we're in right now, Lord. I understand, but I'm going to just follow step by step. Step by step. <laughs> Speaking of step by step. Uh, GPS. You know how um, you, you said I could, uh, any kind of destination? And then you can actually click on details. And it gives you like all the steps in advance, like seven steps. See, um, for somebody like me, I, I, that's too much information at once. I can't do that. I've seen people just grab that. They're like, okay, I got it. Uh, not me. Yes, I am a man, and I get lost. Because, <laughs> you know, a man, like, we don't need no directions. Um, but I can't think seven turns ahead. I just need to know the next one. And that's what God does. He doesn't overcomplicate things for us. We're all like sheep, like, led astray, right? <laughs> so, um, and all Peter has to do is just the next thing. Anything else right now is just too much information. All right. Acts 12, 9. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing, was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. And I love that because most of the time, we don't know that it was actually God until after the fact that it happened, right? How many can testify to that? It's just like, what? Now I can see it. While you're in it, it just feels difficult. It just feels uncertain. Is this a dream? Am I really, is this really happening right now? And, but it, see, the thing is, it's only after you've been through it where Romans 8.28 starts making sense. That all things work together for good. Not just little things, right? Then you can say, all things work together for good. Amen. But it's hard to say in the process of it. So Peter is just going through the motions, moving, obeying, step by step, doing the next practical thing. Verse 10. Bear with me. We're going to get through this. They passed the first and second guards, and it came to Iron Gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. That's amazing. I think that's where automatic door industry got their idea from, motion detection. And they went through it. They went through it. And it's amazing, right? God will do for you what you can do for you. But at the same time, he won't do for you what you can do for you. You see what I mean? You have to do your part. And so God opened the gate for Peter. And notice, right, it doesn't say angel carried Peter through the gate piggyback style or whatever. Just carried him out. They walked through it together. Amen? So we have to do our part. 
But I love this. Power of God did not prevent the attack, right? When uh, Herod came and threw Peter in prison. But it protected him within. And it enabled him to go through it. So a lot of times those situations that we think we're in prison. And by the way, prison doesn't actually need to be physical prison. Prison, you know, depression is a prison. Uh, anxiety is a prison. A lot of things, we can be in prison in our mind. And I'm going to touch on a little bit here soon about a mind, how that controls us, right? But say with me, you got to go through it. Now let's say, I got to go through it. Everybody has a different story right now, but God is writing. But you say, I got to go through it. I want to do it for you. I know. Can you go through it for me? <laughs> Can you just, angel, carry me through this? <laughs> but the gate is open. Amen. Way is made. Faith has already provided the grace that I need to handle this. God knows best. Amen. Uh, second part of Acts 12.10. All right. And when they had walked the length of a street, suddenly the angel left them. Now he's got to go figure out where to go. He comes to this moment, right? And that we come sometimes. And I wonder, what door is Peter going to knock on, right? See, it's really important that you know where to knock when you're in trouble. It's very important. Because that's how some of us get our hearts broken. Uh, we get our minds messed up because we knocked on the wrong door. We just quickly run and just randomly tell somebody, be careful with that. Be careful who you open up your heart to. And the thing is, sometimes we run back to the door, the same door that disappointed us last time. And we're like knocking it again as if there's going to be a different result. That's how people get back into the horrible relationships, bad habits. You know, and then sometimes we'll pray the devil away like, he's gone. But then we'll leave the door wide open for him and allow him to set a food basket out of the entry door of our heart. It's true. So it's very important that you know where to knock when you're in trouble. Thankfully, Peter knew where to knock, obviously. Um, John Mark's mother's house. Same place where they had been praying for James, by the way. And we know how that ended. Um, and he knew that he would knock on that door. There'll be some praying people. Talking about knocking on the right door. No one coming to the right people. And I don't know what, you know, your life is like right now. But the fact that you're here in church right now, let me just say you knocked on the right door. You're coming to the place because everything that we need is in the presence of God. There's something that when we set aside and we come in the presence of God, that's where God blesses us. Amen? God has what you need. God has what I need. All right? The fridge is full. Prayer is happening. Worship is going. There's a fire in the kitchen. Food's being made. This is the place. Knock, knock. We're coming to the church. We're knocking on the door, right door. Amen? Verse 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything that the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Jewish people really wanted to get this shut down. Like, that's a Christianity movement. And it wasn't Herod's intentions, Peter's saying, like, that brought me here. Now I know it's God's purpose. He's saying, like, here it came knocking, but he couldn't have me because God's not done. Amen? That's why I know God is with me. He has a purpose. Verse 12, when, he, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. And I love this. Isn't it amazing that people are still praying, still believing, still knocking, even though what just happened with James? I don't know if I'd be able to do that, honestly. Not after what happened with James. 
And, uh, but it takes faith, you know, to pray for Peter when you just lost James. Yet, yeah, didn't stop their prayer. It didn't stop their faith. So Peter shows up. I'm wrapping up here shortly, all right? So Peter shows up knocking on the door, and they're still praying. And Peter's not knocking like Alita, you know, like gentle knock. Probably Peter's banging on the door. I mean, my guess is, I mean, he just got out of prison. It makes sense, right? And, uh, but you knock different when you're desperate. Notice that, right? You pray different when you really need something from God. Verse 13, Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and the servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. And so while they're praying, their answer is standing in the, right by the door, right? Peter's right there. And I love that. And I bet, I'm just thinking in my head, like, Peter, nobody knocks like Peter probably. Nobody goes through denying Jesus three times and then preaching on a Pentecost. You know, look at that. Isn't that amazing? And here he is. You know, his failures have taught him something. I want, I want you to see yourself through that lens of Peter today. Verse 14. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. It's Peter, y'all. I don't know why it sounds like a 14-year-old white girl, but sorry. Verse 15. You're out of your mind, they told her. Well, that's a compliment, right? You know, I'm thinking, yeah, it is a compliment because, you know, we've been living in the prison of our mind. That It's out of our mind, yes. But that's what makes us miserable is living in our mindset and our thoughts like, we're, we're praying, but we're not sure if it's actually going to happen. I mean, it happens with me all the time. But, and I'm thinking, yes, Lord, I want to be out of my boxed up mind. I want to have a mind of Christ. I want to see every situation head on and face it like a lion, Amen. For his thoughts are greater than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. That's in Isaiah 55, I believe. Verse 15, Rhoda kept insisting that it was so. They said, it must be his angel. I love that they had more faith to believe that Peter died and that was his angel showing up, which is still pretty awesome, you know. But they didn't believe that the fact that it was actually Peter standing out the door. <laughs> and it's, you know, sometimes it's easier for us to believe in our own failures that it's all over. That it's like, it's just done. Uh, you know, I can't believe that the dry bones can come alive at the word of the Lord. But Peter kept on knocking, right? And I hear God saying to all of us today, you know, I hear, like, don't stop knocking. You're at the right door. You're at the right place. You're surrounded with godly people. God has placed certain people in your life. God has allowed you to go through this story in your life because he's writing your story so you can share your testimony. God is writing our story. Don't stop knocking. Just because Rhoda didn't answer the door and people didn't believe, don't, knock, don't stop knocking. God, I love that. God can use the most imperfect church to break Peter out of the prison. You know, they believed it, but they were like, right, we're not sure if that's going to happen. I mean, this happened to James, but God is like, watch me. But God still does it. And if we keep praying, keep seeking and knocking to the throne of God, door will be opened up to us amen i'm going to leave you with the worship team can uh, come up uh, revelation chapter 3 verse 20 i was leading up to this passage thank you for being patient revelation 3 20 here i am i stand at the door and knock Man, my knuckles getting sore from this. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. We may have been believers most of our life, but God wants to sit at us at our table with us. It's really a lot deeper than just sitting at actual physical table. God wants to be at the table of our heart. He wants to dine in with us. He wants to be part of our every step in our life. And I love what God is doing in this church. I am so excited because we are walking into the promises of God, church. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. Let's stand for prayer. And let's just receive what God has been speaking to us. I believe God is just speaking on, you know, the door of someone else's, someone's faith. You know, to believe again in the area where you probably, it's easier for you to probably shut your door at this point. You've been hurt so many times. And it's hard to trust people again, you know, when they have let you down. Uh, but God is in this place. Jesus said, I will sit down and I will eat with you. I have prepared the table before you in the presence of your enemies. He's saying, I am your shepherd. He's saying, I am your light. He is your defender. He's your hope. He's your promise. I love that. He's looking at Peter after Peter denied Jesus so many times. But he was like this kid that was just like, oh, I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm going to do it. But I love that. And Jesus looked at him and said, this is the kind of guy I'm looking for. This is the person I'm going to build my church upon. Stop questioning yourself that you're not good enough. God is in this place. You are more than enough. God has given you the sufficiency, the grace to carry you through this situation in your life. And I love that because as we're moving into God's promises, and as we start sharing our testimony wherever we go, just know that God is using your story. You don't need to be preaching from the purple every time or be an evangelist. God is just using simply your story to transform somebody else's life. If you receive the word from today from the Lord, just open up the palm and say, Lord, I receive it. Even if I don't believe it, but I'm Lord, I'm faithing it. And I'm going to make it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing in our lives, in the life of this church, that you are just expanding the boundaries of our faith, Lord. You're teaching us to trust us, Lord. It's under this pressure, Lord, that where we learn how to trust you, when we have no way out. This is for you to do your work, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're still knocking at the door of our hearts, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We receive your word. Hallelujah, Lord. And if our heart is still beating, Lord, you are still knocking. You are still talking to us. If we're not dead, you're not done, God. We just accept that. That you're writing our story, Lord. And that we're able to live to tell our testimony to others, Lord. Because we have overcame by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And by the word of their testimony. We accept that. We accept that, Lord. Thank you for your word. Let's worship him. Let's just solidify it with just our worship before him. And say how awesome he is. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.